We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. We're here to help you navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel Gilchrist, i master of Anne McRockman, and we are back for season three of the podcast. Happy New Year, Happy 2023. <laughs> Hope everyone had a lovely break. We did. We did. I feel refreshed. I know. As much as I love you, it was great not seeing you every day. Week. No, I did miss you. I miss Zoe, especially when I found out you abandoned her. But anyway, that's a story for another day. No, But, hey, things are going to look a little, not a little different, not that different, but we're just deciding news which really only impacts us. (laughs) Well, yes, we um, have been, fortunately, Dan Murphy's have um, come on board and will be supplying us with a lot of our wine this year. Yeah. So I get to go into Dan's and to pootle around and choose the wines and it's all very exciting. It is exciting. So thanks. Dan's helping us out with the yeah, wine. Definitely. It's, uh, it's a great help and there's such a great range there that we'll be able to choose some of the best wines. That's it. And it means that because there's a dance pretty much everywhere. Should we just pick really expensive it means burgundy? That- <laughs> <laughs> We're only doing burgundy and champagne and Bordeaux for now what? No, that's right. We will we will continue we'll to drink across the range. If you, and if we you still love that golden oak. I, t- I tell oh, everyone over summer oak, about it. Of course. We we will still be the biggest golden oak advocates until we die. Absolutely. <laughs> love that stuff. Now, um, I put this up on the Instagram over the break, but, but you didn't see. Did you happen I'm not to see sure. the T-shirts No. that I got given as a KK? No. <gasps> my sister-in-law. Oh, my gosh, she got it made. She made hard for shard. And then the other one is the Lily Bollinger quote. Oh, Tom and Zoe's favourite wine wanker and super taster. I melt into my son like butter on toast. <laughs> quote. She literally wrote the quote. And then have a look oh, at this. Oh, that's so sweet. Isn't she the cutest? She actually listened. She, like she went back and listened to all these episodes to find the best quotes and stuff to put on there. Oh, my God. Oh, Master Sabrage. Oh, oh my Master God. Sabrage. No, it's never going to stop. You know what you do need, though? I think you need a tiara to go with her, Master <gasps> Sabrage. Oh, my God. Hey, she got up the game next year for the KK present. Are you listening, Curl? Yep. And then one of them had the Lily Bollinger quote about champagne as well. So, shout well, out happy to Curl. I'd be best. Exactly. Yeah, that is a great KK gift. Beats the uh, stubby holder that I got. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I was going to run today, but I forgot. But next episode, I'll okay. be in it. Not the Master of Sabrage one. Of please. course, it'll be Master of Sabrage, Meg. <laughs> now. Okay, so Meg, we are doing this episode, and I hope it won't be too controversial. I hope I don't get cancelled in the Yarra Valley, because we are doing Yarra Valley Cabernet. Now, mm-hmm. I have a story to preempt this. Um, we hosted the Wine Yarra Valley Awards. We did. Oh, the Cabernet joke didn't go down. I told a story. <laughs> uh, so we told a story about Cabernet, and I said something like, oh, no, you know what to do with all the excess Cabernet, <laughs> and the whole room went, <gasps> like, Gasped they like did. I said I wanted to kill their dogs or something. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then later in the show, the um someone got up and gave this like passionate speech about Carbonate when they won an award and it was like, it's the underrated grape of the Yarra Valley and everyone needs to love it more and blah blah blah. 
the whole room burst into applause and I've never seen a more enthusiastic, passionate, I swear, it was like tears rolled down people's faces and they were standing. Okay, it wasn't quite that. No. But it is this thing that I've realised. I've been working in the Yarra Valley, like Yarra Valley for years now. I've met a lot of winemakers. Everyone has this thing about Cabernet. And I have this um, contention that I, I'm going to say it. I don't think – they all think that um, Yarra Valley Cabernet is underrated. My point of view is that it's rated about right. <laughs> In my, I'm gonna let you speak in a second. She's, she, she looks like she's gonna go to burst. I just, I think that like we rightly so are known for Pinot because like Pinot with it, it can't grow that many places and we do it really, really, really well. And it's like human psychology to just put one or two things to one place. You can't just make everything. And <laughs> next, I'm happy. And I think there are some really well-renowned cabernets in the Yarra Valley. And that is kind of the placement that I think it should be in people's minds. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> I completely disagree, but I also partly agree, which okay. is, doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Yarra Valley Cabernet is outstanding, yeah. but I know that no one wants to drink it. <laughs> no. And those that do want to drink it are only drinking the absolute classics. Yeah, that's so true. So the – the people that I've got a range of wines here today um, from a range of producers that wouldn't be on people's radars because they're not, they're not the classics. And not only are people not drinking Cabernet from the Yarra Valley, which, you know, is like a stake to my heart, they're not drinking Cabernet from anywhere. Yes. Well, I think that's the point. Yeah. Bordeaux, they want to pull, pull out 15,000 hectares of vines, 10%. That is insane. Yeah, because they can't sell it. Because, yes. again – only the top chateau yeah. can sell. Yeah. Same thing has happening in Napa. You know, Napa yeah. and Sonoma, fantastic cabernets, they can sell as much as they want. But yeah. the entry-level two-buck chuck cabernets, no, no one wants to, to drink them. Yeah. So I've tr- I'm going to try and show you how wonderful this it is. This is what we're doing at a bunch of price points, eh? Hey? Yeah, well, that was the point. It, it's – Yarra Valley Cabernet at the $25 mark is, you know, it's okay. But you need yeah. to be spending, I think, around $45 upwards. Okay. So we've got sort of $45, $65, $95, $120, $200. So this is not your average drinking realm, but, to but be But we'll see how good it can be. That's right. We want to see that if there is that progression, I want to try and convince you that it is. Oh, and I am – I'm actually – I'm very open to being convinced. But the other thing with the Yarra Valley is you look at all the statistics about the people who visit, they're 25 to 35-year-olds. Yeah. They're drinking Pinot. They're drinking Pinot. They're drinking Gris. They're drinking and it's like, Tempranillo. They're not, just not drinking Cabernet. on our Instagram, what do you drink more often, Cabernet or Pinot Noir? 83% are drinking Pinot Noir. I think my contention is that – People don't underrate Yarra Valley Cabernet. People just aren't drinking Cabernet. That's, I guess that's what I think. Yes. Um, and then when I say Although we you drink. you did say you think it's rated where it should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, in people's minds, I think they should know us for Pinot. Wouldn't you rather be known for Pinot than Cabernet? Yes. Because Pinot course. can only be grown in these tiny little gorgeous oh, little this is that amazing thing. spots. so rare. You can blah, grow blah, blah, Cabernet blah, blah. anywhere. We are so fortunate to be able to grow Pinot. But mm-hmm. to your point, when I said, what do you think of Yarra Valley Cabernet, 32% have said that they've never had one or considered one. And that's a bit, and that is 
our listeners actually really know wine. Yeah. They drink their wine. So I guess you might have a point there, but we're going to get into it and taste these wines. But first, Meg, what do you mean drinking? So I had the other day, well, apart from truckloads of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Truckloads and truckloads <laughs> of champagne. I had a 2020 Piper's Brook Pinot Noir. Piper's Brook. Tazzy. Tazzy. Yeah. Tamar. Yes. So it's on the it. western side. The vineyards are on the western side of the Tamar River. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure if that's important or not. <laughs> Since we know that Tasmania is just one GI. Yeah. Um, it was lovely. You know, yeah, it was just, I still, mm, this could be heretic, heretical, is it the word? Um, people may disagree. I like Tasmanian Pinot, but I'm still not convinced it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. I'm still very much I, oh. I I find the um there's the they're a lot more lighter and more ethereal in their style. This was bloody, bloody delicious. Um it's about forty dollars. No idea where I got it from. Probably Prince Wine Store. Yeah. I don't know. Is Piper's Brook one of the ones that's owned by another yeah, company or is it company. its own thing? <clears throat> I think it's owned by Is this Brown Brothers? On an accolade. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's very, good. very good wine. Lovely example of Tassie Pinot. Very, very Tasmanian. The Toll Puddle Pinot. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Do it you love that? It's amazing. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's so and the Chardonnay. good. Yeah. I haven't had the Chardonnay. But that vineyard was planted in the 90s, you know. That was a Tony Jordan thing in 1996. What? In fact, what? I seem to remember when I was working at Domaine Chandon yeah. in 95, maybe, vintage. Yeah. We had shipped from Tasmania the first fruit off that vineyard. <gasps> wow. I remember That's the name cool. Toll Puddle. That's and it came cool. in a refrigerator container. Wow. And Tony Jordan was there that night that it arrived. I wish I met Tony. Everyone's got a Tony Jordan story. Or like everyone's got a Chandon story. Yeah, he's he was a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, you know, tough personality, yeah. but a brilliant man. He su- did not suffer fools lightly. But anyway, on to um, Yarra Valley Cabernet. Or no, you no, no, you've got a fun fact. I haven't got a fun fact. I've been reading this. <laughs> Mac, <laughs> you've had like three weeks. I have something for you. I'm reading this book <laughs> called Wine and War. Okay. And... Um, I was there was a quote from Andre Simon, who was a noted French wine authority, and he described wine as a good counsellor, a true friend who neither bores nor irritates us. It does not send us to sleep, nor does it keep us awake. It is always ready to cheer, to help, and not to bully us. That's really cute. I just thought it was really sweet when I read it, and when I read it, I thought, oh, I must bookmark that for I love it the podcast, or maybe we'll put that on t shirt too. This book is just fascinating. Oh, cool! I'll read it after you. It's really, it. really cool. Um, I would argue that wine has, in fact, sent me to sleep in the past. But, um, mm. you know, in, in theory, the rest is beautiful. Yes, yes. No, I, I agree. It's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. I just think it's a lovely sentence. <laughs> it's lovely. You know me. I love the poetics. Okay. okay. Cabernet. I'm really excited. Um, what is it about Yarra Valley Cabernet that you think is so particularly amazing, by the way? Okay. So, for me, it has this very um, fine tannin structure. It's not as Choice. as hard and grippy as a lot of tannins. It's not as dusty as a Margaret River tannin. It's quite fine and grainy. There's a black currant, a black currant leaf character about it. There's always a note of herbal, but not herbaceous. It's not green. It's like a herb garden when you run, you're on your hand over woody mm. herbs. And I love that. I mean, bay leaf is a common descriptor that we use. There's blueberry fruit. 
in there and it's a fresh fruit profile. You know, when you're having Cabernet from Barossa, for example, it tends to be a little bit cooked fruit profile. Coonawarra tends to have that eucalypti, a little bit of menthol mintiness about it. Margaret River sort of more on the red fruit and dark fruit spectrum. But Cabernet from Yarra is just on this, this light blue and dark fruited berry spectrum with a touch of herbalness, and I love it. <laughs> All right. So the first one we've got is a 2019 Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot Cabernet Franc from Bianchette. What? Do, sorry, before we get into this, do you think it's relevant that a couple of these do have other things blended or because they're Cabernet dominant, it's... Oh, look, I think... Cabernet can be what we could call a bit of a donut wine. It can have a bit mm. of a hole, so it doesn't really worry me. I would never really separate yeah. them out. You know, um, Yarra Yearings, Cabernet-based wines are always blended, and most people, they may not be telling you, but most people would be putting in some, particularly in a tricky vintage. So Benchet is um, – I've been around for years and years and years and years and years. It was obviously a, it was a guy called Tony Banchet many years ago, Italian based for winery. But um, this wine, I just think, has got that blue fruit. It's got a bit of menthol. I love how you know everything. I like just showed up and was like, "Oh, I've got this extra one," and I didn't even know if you'd know it or not. Like, literally, just came out of nowhere this wine, and you just like, "Oh yeah, it's this guy. It's about this." Blah blah blah. Like. Well, it's funny. I studied wine marketing for a hot minute through out of Roseworthy. It I was, didn't know that. It was a um, Meg. You kept that quiet. It was a what caused my correspondence. And when I went over to do the residential, there was a woman there, Lee. I cannot remember her surname, and she was the sales rep for Banchet. And we became very oh. fast friends. She lived in Carlton. She was a very cool woman. I don't know whatever what happened to her, but um, yeah. And then it's had. A number of iterations, you know. It's yeah. it had a restaurant. I don't even know what it's called the now. Restaurant, the restaurant's yeah. still there, but isn't that beautiful? Yeah, okay, that's pretty nice. Forty five dollars. See that graininess of the yeah. tannin. Yeah, it's there's a little bit of that graphite. So graphite is a wanky term for lead pencil. You know when you do mm-hmm. the smell of lead pencils. I thought that was like a fault. No, that's a very um, common descriptor for Santa Steph and Poyak wines out of Bordeaux. Ooh, I'll put that in the back pocket then. Mm. Yeah, look, it is really nice. The tannins are actually very smooth. What year did you say it is? 19. Good year. It is It is not drying out my mouth at all. Nope. It is silky smooth. It's got this really pleasant finish. And around the $45 mark, you think? Yeah. yeah. That's just beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. And it will age well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's still very bright. It's got lots of fresh fruit. It doesn't have any tertiary development, so any age can characteristics. The oaks integrated, like it doesn't stand out at all. Yeah. It's delicious. Okay, that is very nice. Oh, there's going to be a butt. I oh, know it's not. It's not the wine itself. It's just that, like, I think that it's very nice. But what is your? Do you think that not enough people are buying it, or do you think that? Not enough people know how nice it is. I'm trying to. I'm struggling to figure out where where this underrated thing comes when from. When we show people Yarra Cabernet, they absolutely openly recognise, and I'm talking about retailers, restaurateurs, whatever. They say that is amazing wine. Yeah, can't sell it. Yeah. So. Either we need to do a massive marketing campaign around Cabernet. Cabernet is associated with 
this may offend some people, stuff fusty old men mm. and cigars yeah, and Bordeaux and tradition. Pinot's your cool kid on the block with all the funksters and the hipsters and the tattooed. Um, it's just got an image problem. The wine's good. Do you think it's just not what people are drinking? Like it's not just the image though, right? It's, it's, it's as a whole category people like lighter reds rather than heavier reds as well because like Temp and Sanjo, like they're on the rise too. I think that that's a relatively new phenomenon. I'd yeah. say possibly the last five years and I think Cabernet's decline has been a, a decade in the making. I don't think it's a new thing. No. Yeah, I think true. what's happening is we are li- we live in a global environment and mm. so we've got access to so much. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. you had Cabernet, Shiraz, Riesling, yeah. Semillon out of Australia. You know, we're probably not even Chardonnay. Cabernet is still the number one. It is. Red grape around the world, right? So yep. it's just Australia. It's the most grape variety in bit. the world. No, it's not just Australia. Bordeaux is really struggling, you know. Um, so then, like, this is maybe maybe it's my just wanting an underdog story. <laughs> it's like it's been winning for so long. It's like imagine if one team was winning the premiership for that long. Wouldn't you be like, oh, it's time to let something else shine? The market will, you know, always goes in in waves, and and Bordeaux has literally had hundreds of years where yeah. it has sat on top. Yeah, and for the first time, there's a thing called Livex, which is a like a stock market of of wines, but individual wines. Yeah, for the first time ever, a Bordeaux wine wasn't in the top ten. Wow. So there were Napa Cabernets in there. Wow. But there wasn't a Bordeaux one. Wow. Right, and the Bordelais have to a degree done themselves a disservice by constantly putting their prices up, you know, yes. 400. Oh, yeah, 100%. So vintage of the yeah. century. We haven't been doing that in the era. We consistently make these great wines. And Margaret River probably does the same. Great, great wines. It's just that we haven't – we can't drag the public to, <laughs> to drink them. Yeah. And I think the same – California, you know, the people that drink Napa are rich. They're the really – they're the rich and the, and the people that can afford it, it has a – yeah. An elitist. It is elitist. And people Yeah. So when if you're coming into the drinking category at $25 um or even $30, you're not going to go cabernet. Mm. You're going to try something. You're probably entering in mm. at um a, a Shiraz even and then working your way around, but cabernet it, it's just it's an image. The wine's great. Okay, well, let's keep going. That that was a really strong start. I really enjoyed it. Next wine is Santerre. Santerre. So I know the winemaker here, um, Nicole Esdale. This is a relatively new project in the Yarra Valley. I think the 2019, which is what we're going to try, is their very first vintage. um, And it's in part of the kind of classic part of the Cabernet region of, of the Yarra Valley. We have mm. sort of what we consider the Golden Mile. It's not actually there. But it's um, got this – I don't know anything about these wines. I've never tried them. But they've sort of put in high-density planting. They, they really want to make Cabernet – and We've never spoken about high-density planting. No. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Go. So high-density planting. So the theory is – well, you, normal in Australia – Yeah. Density means how many plants you've got per hectare. Yes. Normally in Australia we have planting around 5,000 per hectare, which means Uh each vine has quite a big spread. 
So it can produce theoretically more grapes. Yep. And we've got fertile soils, we've got water, you can do it. In, in areas where you've got the plenty of fertility, you can have low density because they can produce more. Yeah. In poorer soils and poorer regions where maybe with less water, each vine can't produce as much fruit. Yeah. Because it's producing less fruit, it's considered to be better quality. So you plant more, so you kind of still get your return on investment. Mm. So in Bordeaux, traditionally, the density of planting wasn't that high. It was about five to 7,000. And then in the 90s, they started doing this high-density planting as well. So 10,000 vines per hectare. So they're about a metre apart. And I can imagine that if you're doing that, then you wouldn't be able to machine harvest, would you? You still can. Oh, really? Much more difficult. Okay. Um, so Sonterre have, have planted at 10,000 vines per hectare. It's more common in Burgundy, and the reason being the soils in Burgundy have been so brutalised over the years that they are incredibly poor. So they're trying to get more yield per hectare but less per vine, if that makes sense. Yes. So this has got 10,000 per hectare. Um, So basically, if you imagine – Ten th- a t- hectare is 10,000 square metres, yeah. so it's about one metre by one metre. So their rows are one metre wide and the plants are one right. metre from each other. So they're clearly planting with the aim of producing high-quality wine. Now, this is a starting-off project, so I don't think we're, ju- we're going to judge one wine. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to try this because – it's just really great for me to see someone investing in Cabernet and committing to it in the Yarra Valley. And I think they actually did quite well in the holiday Cabernet yeah. Challenge, right? And the, the 19 was their very first vintage. It's got beautiful um, sort of dark ruby colour, almost a plum. Quite light in colour, actually. Yeah, it is. You know, we expect Cabernets to be quite dark in colour, but this isn't. Oh, my God, it smells really yum. Yeah, so it got um, 96 points, top gold in the 2022 Halliday National Cabernet Challenge. That was the 2021. Um, oh, yeah. I did want to save that for another day. Okay. So this is 2019. Well, this is, it smells delightful so far. Yeah, it's got that beautiful um, herbal, blueberry. Yeah. There's also like a tiny bit, it's not overdone and I don't like it when it is overdone, but there's just a tiny bit of that kind of like mocha smell, mm-hmm. I guess, from the oak or something. Mm, that acidity is beautiful. Mm. And again, those lovely, lovely, lovely tannins. I think, in all honesty, we have just committed infanticide. That is just too young. Um, they they sent us three vintages. I've picked the oldest because it was their first, but this is one that definitely needs to be aged. That is absolutely de- delicious. So this one is 85. Mm. Um, you're actually quite right about those tannins. I think in my head Yarra Valley tannins were a little bit rougher than this. Maybe you're just not drinking the right wines, baby. Maybe. Maybe. We're bringing you to – I mean, we, we have had a leap. We've sort of had a $45 wine. Mm-hmm. We've got an $85 wine. We are moving up the scale. And what I'm expecting to see is more concentration. Um, and I'm expecting, particularly in 
the younger wines, they're quite closed and then yeah. they're not really opening up because yeah. they're designed to be drunk with a few years of age on them. And that's yeah. the other problem with Cabernet. That is a big problem with Cabernet. Yeah. Yes. Like no one ages it. No. Where are you going to put it? But if maybe not the 85, but certainly once we start going upwards of 90, 100, that's when people really will be aging, I imagine, I would hope. Yeah, the thing is people, they just don't have space. We just. Yeah, and people like to buy, people who aren't us (laughs) go think, oh, I've got someone's birthday coming up, I'll buy it now. And then you drink it on the birthday or something. Like you don't think of that three years in advance. Um, Beautiful acidity. It's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely wine. And it's from, you know, it's at the base of the Warramate Ranges, which is where the best Cabernet is grown. Like within that, that area, you've got the... Yeringbergs and the Yarra Yerings, mm. and this is where the best Cabernet sites are. I mean, I think this is a really exciting project, and it's yeah, yeah, it is. Just you know, where's the where's the market going to be? I don't know. They've yeah. only got four hectares, so this is clearly high end, low volume production. They, they yeah. won't be producing a thousand cases of this stuff. It'll be much lower than that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's yummy. Mm. I'd actually would drink that. I mean, I understand how it's going to get better. I actually quite like it. Like that. Yeah, I do. I just think I just think maybe in two more years' time it could be yeah. a little bit more delicious. <laughs> so we we're tasting wine from Punt Road Winery. Now, this is the thing, again, about Cabernet. When people think about Yarra Valley Cabernet, they think of Yarra Yaring, Yaringburg, Mount Mary, Wonturner Estate. Punt Road is a big winery. Mm-hmm. Along with De Bortley's, yeah. Rob Dolan wines, often gets dismissed. Yes. Because people think big can't yeah. be good wines. Yes. They consistently, and I don't have the statistics, so I apologise, but they consistently win award after award after yeah. award for their wines. And I know that this Cabernet has won a couple of years ago, I think it got wine of show at the Yarra Valley Wine Show or some some big show. Yeah. It has form. Yeah. Um, it's a twenty twenty Block 11 Cabernet from the Napoleone Vineyard. So that vineyard's been around for years. Really good vineyard. And because they're a bigger winery, mm. they can they source from some of the best sites in the Yarra Valley. They can pick and choose. Mm. But again, because and this is what it's in my absolute bugbear with people. They want the cool, tiny, cool kids place. Yeah. They are more dismissive of the yeah. larger places. And I just – hats off to – you know, Punt Road and and DeBorts and Rob Dolan, they just continue on to do their thing in a really good way, producing great wines, and they're not they're not slaves to fashion. Yes. They're just consistently really good wine producers. Yeah. And, yeah, 100%. Hands off to that. You know, and it's, and it's great to see this wine. I haven't had this vintage, but I've had a couple of the vintages and I've always loved I've it. I've never had this. I'm quite excited. So this is 2020. This is $95. $95. Thank you to Travis Bush, the winemaker there, who kindly organised this and gifted us the wine. Hope your bosses know, Travi. Um <laughs> Because I, w- I was determined to show a, a Punt Road wine because yeah you were I was just, it was the first yeah. thing when I said yeah I want Punt Road yeah because it just annoys me how you, the, you're not the cool kids on the block and they produce such good wines. Whoa! 
That still way too young. It's it's young, but that is a beautiful example of a cabernet that doesn't punch you in the face. Like it's big. But it's not all at once. It still has this amazing progression of flavour. How elegant is that palette? Yeah. It's just – it's like – have you ever had those cat's tongue chocolates? You, what? They're, they're called cat's tongues. They're shaped like a cat's tongue. But <laughs> oh, it's this fine line. They just slide down your palate. Wow. That has got that violet character that I love in Yarra Valley Cabernet. It's blueberries and violets. The oak's pretty evident – on the nose, but that'll all come together with time. It's only two years old. This is my thing. Maybe this is why I think I don't like big wine. It's because I only drink or drank big wine that was cheap. Because when you have like a Cabernet or a Shiraz at like a cheaper price point, I think that's when you get a wine that like smacks you in the face and hits you all at once with like flavor, but then it like cuts off and it's mainly oak and stuff. Whereas this is big, but it carries. When, when you be spending, when people buy cheap wine, they expect bang for buck. They want a lot of flavor. Yeah. Yeah. At this level. Yeah. You're selling, the people who are buying this have an understanding of what they like and they they don't need a punch in the face. They mm. want seamlessness and elegance and varietal expression and longevity. They want to know that this wine can live them in the acidity on that is pretty. Jesus, that's going to live on. That's out of all of them so far, as I know, three, uh, that I wouldn't touch for what, like eight years? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's still way too young. 2020 was a really cool year and the thing that I'm amazed about that is that even in a cool year, there's a herbal note but it's not green. The tannins aren't green. Like it's ripe fruit. Yeah. It's just delicious. I haven't had that for ages. I can't remember which one wine won this massive award but I remember tasting it going, yeah, it just would have blown any wine at show out of the water. Yeah. That's pretty delicious. That's great. It is a weird thing, though, that, like, most normal consumers have no idea about when you, like, wouldn't be able to taste wine and go, oh, that's still too young. We shouldn't be drinking it yet. Like, maybe, I think you're right. That could be a big problem for Cabernet. Like, how are we supposed to combat that? Definitely. Like, releasing the wines later or? Well, one of the things that the Bordelais were doing is that they were, you know, producing them with higher alcohol and making them more approachable in a young age, which means that they were pissing off their traditional market who wanted to age them. So it is, where do you find that happy balance? But if you're spending $85... Ninety-five. Ninety-five dollars. Yeah. Spoil you yourself. Know. And, uh, well, lay it, lay it down. Lay and it down. I'm sure, you know, if you go to the, the cellar door at Punt Road, they're really good there yeah. and they will tell you. Um, how long to keep. How long to keep yeah. and that it should probably be kept. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're convincing me. I've, I got to say, these are pretty awesome wines. Um, so when you talk about the cool kids wanting the big showy names, but you wanted Punt Road, I wanted the big names and I wanted to try Yarra Yering. Yarra Yering's not showy. Yarra Yering oh, is traditional. It's a masterclass and just class. It is so classy. It is classy and you know, Sarah Crow, the winemaker, is oh, absolutely amazing. extraordinarily amazing. I mean, Icon. Pe- yeah, and Pe- Pete just says to me, the, the, her wines are always just so fresh. Yeah. Because we go to that annual mm, release tasting yeah. every year. So we have, um, thank you, Yarra Gearing, the dry red 
um, vintage number one, vintage seventeen. But this is so famous, right? Yeah, this would be one of this would be within the Yarra Valley. There'd be three or four iconic wines. This actual wine, dry red number one. Yeah. Then it would be Yering Bird Cabernet. Yeah. Mount Mary the Quintet, which is the blend, and then probably one Turner Estate yeah. Cabernet. I you just know? and and Yo Yering, it breaks all the rules. Like its name is dry red number one. If anyone else tried to put out a dry red, look it, at the label. Every label is the same. You can't even differentiate between range or whatever. <laughs> but like, man, they do it well. I don't understand. They have the most- such a committed, oh. loyal following. And I was talking to a girl, Tara, who works with us, but also works with Yarra Yering. Yeah, and she said at their tastings, they have no more than eight people. Wow. So they commit to yes, quality. They commit to, I love it. Not everyone can do that. No. Nah. And that's the thing I love about the Yarra Valley is we're, you know, there's so many different places that you can go to. Where you have a totally different experience. You pay $50 for a tasting. I think it's absolutely well worth it. Um, so this is a 2017 dry red number one. So this is a blend of 70% Cabernet, 18% Merlot, 8% Malbec, and 4% Petit Verdot. So. Everyone probably knows the history of Yarra Yering. Bailey Carradus in 1973, he was a doctor, um, made his first vintage. It was a dry red number one, which was a Bordeaux-inspired blend from his own vineyard. And then he made dry red number two, which was his road-inspired blend. Now, it's obviously grown from there. Mm -hmm. Sarah makes a Pinot. I can't afford it. I think it's $120. <laughs> it is extraordinary. Yeah. It does my head in that she can make everything so well. Okay, but this is true because I'm, but I've it is been the to that tasting. Yeah, that was, so that was my question. It's undeniable. Like this, I just tasted it. I'm like in another world right now. Comment number one is well, the – I think maybe – I would have had a pre-thought that it might be an old-style Cabernet. When I look at the label and know the history of the winery, yeah. in my mind, I think I kind of thought, oh, it's going to be like old and stuff, like big tannins and stuff, but holy crap. Like it is so fresh and blueberry and and just like elegant. It, yeah. it is such a beautiful style. But is that – is this – Lovely style, which just consistently through the whole Yarra Yering wines, is it because of Sarah? Because she's a phenomenal winemaker, or is it? Do they have these extraordinary vineyards that they have extraordinary vineyards, without a doubt? But I personally think that Sarah has brought a freshness to yeah. the style. I think um, that. It was made in such a traditional way, and and Sarah is very mindful of respecting that the legacy of Dr. Caritas mm. in the wines, but still adding her touch. And I think that she's found that perfect oh. balance of – they're just so fresh. You know, this 17, puppy. Like it's got five years of age on it, nearly six years of age. It's got no age character at all. Okay, here's a new one. I don't taste that and think that needs age. I taste that and go, that's perfect and I want to drink okay. it. Or do you? So you wouldn't age it anymore? I would age it. but Just for fun? <laughs> I think one of the things about the 17s from the Yarra Valley, which is kind of why I wanted to try the 17, yeah. is that they are, they are just drinking so beautifully now and yeah. still fresh and young. Mm. 
maybe we should have tried the 20. Oh, that is six years old. Yeah, yeah. maybe we should have tried the 20. For better comparison. To say, does that need age? Mm. But if I was buying dry, dry red number one and spending $120, I'm not buying current vintage. No. I want something with it. I want something that I can drink now, which I think I can with that. And that is a good take-home message. And if I've learned anything working in the Yarra Valley, it's that 2017 is the year you want to buy Cabernet from. Mm, it's beautiful. <laughs> that is superb. And you can see why, you know, they win award after award after uh. award after award after award. And it's certainly not to do with, you know, the label. The label is very, very simple. It's, it's- a flower or a yeah. leaf or something. It's a white label. 1969. They're all class. I just love it. I really love that winery. This is um, one of those cases of they do what they do well. Yeah. And there's no apologies and there's no trend and they're not trace- chasing it. The only thing that I – and I've said this to, to Sarah. Um, Controversial, coming up. That, um, is their drinking public dying off? Mm. How are they going to attract new – yeah, well, that's true because they're still incredibly popular and their wines, yeah, as you say, if they're only letting eight people into the cellar door at a time, they're doing all right, it's selling. But is is it getting through to the younger? Hmm. But I don't know. We'll have to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm sure wait, they have a pretty good marketing director now, don't they? I, I think so. I, I, I think they're pretty, pretty Thanks, right on the marketing Kate. front. Shout out to you. We love Kate. All right, thank you. That is delicious. Yeah, it's really, really oh, good. I should have done what Holly said. She said you need cheese for these wines. Mm, they say, yeah, well, that is true, except I've banned you from eating because you're too noisy in your microphone. And I'm not even spitting there because you Even as it is, yeah, because when you spit, it is actually quite loud. It's been loud this episode. I just haven't said anything because I don't want to edit. All right, well, I'll give a little... <laughs> I'll get a little um, spittoon. Yeah, and you I'll need to put like tissues in the bottom or something. Camera, away from the camera. <laughs> Thank God there's no camera. I'm wearing my tracksuit. <laughs> okay. okay, the last one. Now, this is a complete treat. This is the Caritas Cabernet Sauvignon Vintage 2017. So this is $275. And so I will grant money. you, uh, Mega Mel listeners, this is not where we normally drink. We are at the heights of heights. This would be one of the Yarra Valley's best wines ever. I don't get to taste the Caritas wines very often, but they are always extraordinary. They're only made in outstanding years. Um, so this is made two barrels of each. So I'm assuming Sarah uses 225, so that's 500-odd wow. litres. Um, oh. It's Cabernet Sauvignon sourced from the original block planted in 1969, so they're 50-something-year-old vines. Wow. See, that's the heritage. And this is the thing. The bloody Yarra Valley was built on the back of Cabernet. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. You just you it in. She couldn't stop. She couldn't help herself. Yeah, well. So I this, <laughs> again, is a 2017. Holy shit. That is Oh, my God. But still, it's got that herbal, mentholy character, but there's this... It's kind of darker fruit, though. I agree. It's yeah. a bit more brooding. It is brooding. Um, the other one, maybe because oh. of the blend, because Petit Verdot can add a little bit, and a flawless oh, yeah. and Malbec, maybe because yeah. this is 100% Cabernet, you have got much more of the dark. But it's definitely more your blackberry, black currant, mm. but again, fresh. Oak's there, but 
really background. Mm. Um, yum. But again, oh my very, God. very young. It It is like silk in my mm. mouth. Like, and I am not used to drinking Cabernet that is so seamless and silky. I am actually, when I think of Cabernet, I think of, um, dude, Pete's here with his glass. He knows what we're up to. (laughs) Isn't that glass embarrassing though? It is so embarrassing. I can't believe he still drinks out of like, when you do wine school, when you do WSET, you get these like stupid little scientific glasses like you're in a lab. I have Bordeaux Cabernet glasses and and he turns up with a thimble. Um... It's just embarrassing. I think of structure when I think of Cabernet. I actually yes. think it's less easy drinking because you've got like big tannin, big acid, super structural, great for food maybe, but like less smooth and seamless in my mouth. But that defies all my expectations. Because we often describe Cabernet as having um, chewy tannins. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But this, the, the Aravelli Cabernet for me always has this grainy tannin structure. It's not that chewy, you know, hard tannin. It's got a finesse about it. That is so nice. It's nice. It's nice, isn't it? It really does have a finesse. I mean, $275, it's... Oh, yeah. I, I'm not spending that, no. that money, but I, I if I had I wish money to burn, I would day. definitely When I win the lottery, that. I'll drink nothing but that. I mean, wouldn't you love to be... To, you know, get locked in the cellar and have the vintage oh wines from this. So what I've tried no, to show you here out. is Yarra Valley Cabernet is bloody fantastic at all price points. Oh, my God, you're shouting. I need your microphone down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's Santier. That is just, you know, $85. That's beautiful. So do you think that more people need to understand how good it is and you just want more people to be buying it and drinking it? I would love them to, but I'm a realist Mm. and I think it's not going to come back soon. No. Um, I think there's a lot of association with fustiness and Mm. and old-fashionedness with Cabernet and I don't know how in the world you can turn that around. Grenache used to be considered a bit of a scuzzy workhorse grape Friday, and now mm. it's a bit of a darling. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really, I, if I had the answer, I'd be employed by every bloody winery in, in the Yarra, <laughs> I reckon. Oh, in fact, in Australia, yeah. in Kunawara. In the world. Has, has the same has the same issue. I'm not quite sure. All I know is that the wines are outstanding. They're yeah. extraordinary. But I know that people won't buy them. Oh, that's really sad. It's well, sad. but I mean, I think people are more likely to buy the higher end ones because I think people who understand wine know that Yarra Valley does good high end Cabernet. Mm. So maybe there is because I don't think Yarra Yaring has any issue selling their wine. No, but again, that's a really specific market. Yeah. Who's do you think Punt Road selling that? Like, do too? you think that's going? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think when people think of. And actually, I was talking to someone at work about this today. She's because she is pretty into wine, but not like super like us. But she's like um, likes her wine a lot, and but you know, just general knowledge. She is like, well, I think she says that she thinks people like Pinot Noir, but it's still seen more like simple, easy drinking. So it's maybe doesn't have the prestigious Cabernet. Yeah, it's easier. So it's, it's not maybe as Cabernet is still winning. Actually, I have no doubt that Cabernet would still be winning above a $100 mark. 
but where the volume is, no? So Rob Dolan's yeah. signature series, Cabernet versus Pinot, what sells more? Pinot. Really? I would have thought that at a high price, Cabernet would be doing better. Well, it also just picked up a massive trophy, so. Oh, slip that in there, Meg. <laughs> um, <laughs> but definitely Pinot. Yeah, that's interesting. You, we have to show people the Cabernet, whereas yeah. we can kind of, they will buy the Pinot, but yeah. we have to sell the Cabernet, which is mm. what our sales guy said to me today. He said, it's not enough for people to buy the wine. We have to sell the wine. And we have to, he said, Pinot, we don't have to sell. Okay. We have to sell Cabernet. Okay, fine. Yara Valley, Cabernet is underrated. Yay! <laughs> Thank God. Well, you, we won't be invited back to do the dinner anyway since you insulted everyone last time. So. I know. I know. It was a little joke. I thought, well, God, you've said much worse on this podcast, but clearly. Um, oh, I know. No, they're very sensitive <laughs> people. And the thing is. It is great, but you can't sell it. So you can all sit yeah. in a room and pat yourself on the back. Yeah. That's not going to help us. Let's That's let's it. wake up and try and do something about it. And I just think that um, – I just think the Yarrow Valley is so lucky to have Pinot Noir and to be able to grow incredible Pinot Noir. And, like, we wish there was more in the ground because, you know. Yeah, but so there's still these growers who can't afford to replant. They've got Cabernet. We this want is really to support. Relevant. We want to support them. Um, we can't sell it. What do you? What What do you do? So can you explain? So, can you explain why it's not that easy to just go? Okay, we grow Pinot Noir instead. Yeah, because okay. A, can you get hold of the Pinot plants? You're spending five dollars per plant. It's going to cost you. You know, if you're planting say seven thousand per hectare, mm. you do the maths. It's thirty five thousand dollars just on the planting material. You have to wait three years minimum before you get a crop. Um, so you plant it and it's not for three years before you can even grow to make the wine. Yeah, takes you two years almost to get it to the wire and then yeah. the first crop's going to be pretty ordinary. Sometimes you can take the plant and graft, so you leave the roots in there mm. um, and then you put a new stick and so you've got, say, Pinot on Cabernet. Yeah. But Cabernet is – it really dominates. I've yeah. seen vineyards where they've put Pinot Gris on Cabernet and the Cabernet shoots still come out and you've got Cabernet bunches and yeah. it is it is dominant. So it's very, very expensive. Um, what we're seeing and, and right across the world is the younger generation don't want the vineyards. Yeah. So the parents aren't replanting because it's not in their financial interest mm. because the kids don't want to inherit the hard work. Yeah. Because they haven't got any interest in grape varieties, they can't sell it. Yeah. No one wants to buy the vineyard. Yeah. So Yarra Valley winemakers, and I'm assuming this happens in the Coonawarra, buy the Cabernet Yeah. to support the industry as a whole. Yeah. Not just Pinot's easy to sell. And it's like I, I understand the frustration when like. That's why it's such a touchy it's, area yeah, it's such a um it, it's so much time and effort and so much money and livelihoods to replant it and you and when i say you i mean you're really winemakers or any winemakers or that i can see are like this is such good stuff like this is going to make incredible wine and they keep making it and no one's yeah buying it. yeah 
So therein lies the issue. You know, we had China. China was taking a lot of Cabernet. Mm, guess what? No China. No China. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just a hot mess, really. But it is the bottom line, the wine is fantastic. So what I'm hearing is that you can feel really, really good about yourself by supporting an industry and supporting these farmers who are growing Cabernet by just like buying a bottle of Cabernet and drinking it on Friday night, it's going to be freaking delicious and you can feel good about it. And yep. that's really easy to justify drinking on like a weeknight. Yep. <laughs> do what the Chinese do, put Coca-Cola in it. Oh, God, don't do that, no, please. Don't, don't. Do that. don't do that. I'm joking, I'm joking, joking. <laughs> okay, so before we finish, I have my own question and we got hips questions over the break, which um we'll do in coming episodes. But I want to start with mine because, um, you know, I'm here and I'm I get priority. Um, I was thinking today about Pinot growing. I was thinking about how it can only grow in small parcels of Australia and stuff. And then it came to me, how come Clare Valley and Eden Valley can grow Riesling? It's cold enough to grow Riesling, but they don't grow Pinot. Okay. They have a warm, long growing season, but they have high heat during the early part of the season, which is February and March, which is when Pinot ripens because it's early oh. ripener. And the reason they can grow Riesling, Riesling loves a long, mild growing season. Oh. It's a late ripener. So, so it, it needs that heat later. It comes down to when you burst and ripen. So oh, if you had Pinot in the clear ripening, it'd be 40 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Too hot. That's why they can't do it. Oh, that's a good answer. Satis- that was satisfying to learn. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you happy. I was just thinking of today. I was like, I feel like there's an easy answer and I don't know why I can't think of it. I was me. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks. Um, we're going to be night back next week. We um, have actually – we were having a little session with Dan's when we were talking about, like, wines and stuff, and we met Rob, who is a buyer at Dan's, and he is – He's the funky buyer. The funky buyer. And he loves the cool, hipster, fun stuff, which I'm so into. But you are definitely into, hey, you, we've got you on the pickout train. I'm I'm not dismissive Pick of it. any wine style provided it's made well and it's delicious. That's, yeah, and that's are. the thing. I, I am dismissive of funky wine styles that – <laughs> sell themselves that they're funky, but they don't back it up with what's in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you have a really faulty wine and you're like, no, it's just funky. It's yeah. like, no. No. But, um, it has to be yum. He was really into it, so we invited him on to come talk to us about Piquette next week. If you don't know what Piquette is, you have to listen in. We love it. Like, well, we love the concept of it. It is a great backstory, really cool, interesting wine, and we're really going to want to taste it. So we're going to be back with you next week talking piquette and until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Enjoy well.